Welcome to the Make My Day podcast, guys. I'm George LaHoff, and I'm joined by my co-host, Winston Moy and Luke Capriti. Hey, Luke, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Um, we're winding down the year, um, getting closer to Christmas, and I'm starting to feel the uh, holly jolly spirit in me. Uh, my wife has nonstop played holiday classics for the past two weeks, awesome. so <laughs> I feel like I'm in a pretty good mood. Uh, what about you, Winston? I, I'm doing all right. Um, the The past couple of weeks have been a little stressful, but I'm finally starting to to be able to like catch my breath and take a moment and start working on some brand new projects. So overall, I'm I'm pretty excited. A little tired though, but um, optimistic now. <laughs> and we're no really mention. Oh, sorry, George. No, no need to mention that we made you wake up an extra hour or two early, right? <laughs> yeah, on my weekend, but. It's all right. We're, we're pretty you. thankful for that, Winston. You yeah. know, <laughs> you're a trooper. <laughs> for me, it's been it's been like extremely busy. Last time we spoke, I told you, you know, we, we kind of talked a little bit about like what the shop looks like around this time of year. And I think I had the opposite response of you guys where I'm like, oh, I want to ramp up. I want to hit like as many numbers as I can before the end of the year. And it's like I'm in that stage where I'm regretting it. But I know I'm going to I'm not going to regret it when it's done. But it's just been, I did like, I did some holiday sales here and there. And then like, you know, people just go crazy with like Christmas gifts. They'll, they'll like, like buy like a whole bunch of stuff. And it's, it's awesome. It's like, a, it's, it, I'm really thankful for it. But I'm like, yeah, I got the full-time job. And then once I stop working, I'm, I'm working. I, I, I don't, I don't stop working. I'm not sleeping anymore. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm stressed. <laughs> Are so, you at the point where um, next year when Christmas comes around, you'll be like, maybe I shouldn't push myself that hard? I know myself or too well, man. You'll, you'll still, I don't uh, learn. <laughs> dive straight in. I definitely don't learn. Well, and it's 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 just such a good, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy because I, I always take this time of year to kind of reflect on the business side of it all, right? And it's awesome because I looked at, I guess I've been running the business like, profitable side of it for three years now and this year i more than three times like my profit income since last year and i'm like that's awesome so if i could keep that going you know like the dream of doing this full time one day um but but then i also stop and reflect because i'm also like one person and i'm like dying with my hours so um i i'm realizing i need to automate a lot more like we we've been talking about so it's pretty cool because like, you know, that I put like a, in my mind, just like a really easy, easy digital file um, on my page. And every week you, I get like a, a few, like a couple, like 10 or so sales on that. And I don't do anything. And it's like, all right, that that's like, that's one digital file I put up, you know, and that took me one hour, maybe less to make. So I, I it's a nice time to reflect and think to myself that I need to do that more so that because I, I am scaling up and I want to keep scaling up, but to multiply myself, that type of automation is needed, I guess. that That's going through my mind a lot right now. Yeah. Sounds like you need a partner. Not that uh, I'm like <laughs> voicing my opinion, but I mean, I could help out there. It's good, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I will take all the help I need. I've, I've always been, you know, my we, we've spoken about this, right? Like the dream of like having like a shop, a maker shop where we could like, you know maybe like students can come and learn and then we keep running the business side of it also like that god i really i want that so bad still yeah no i and you know i'm half joking but 
fairly serious. And this is always something that we could talk offline more about. Um, but the big thing that I know for you, you talk about time a lot and you sound like you're really good at figuring out like, okay, this is my set schedule here. And then I get all this time for um, Maker's Best Friend. Mm -hmm. But something that I, I guess I realized it after um, dropping from Navair was that like I had almost four weeks until my next gig started, right, as a teacher. And the amount of time that I had in those four weeks, it's just unreal. That's awesome. You totally are scheduling 24 hours of a day instead of more like 12 to 14. And that is essentially doubling the amount of time that you have. So for you, who's already pretty organized, I, it's just something to always keep in the back of your mind that if you ever made that step, um, you're not losing out on all that income, but you're gaining so much free time to be able to spend more time for automation, um, focus more on these projects that you really wanted to go for. Um, but yeah, that's just something to always keep in mind. No, I agree completely, completely with you. And even more so, so like when I do my full day of work and then I have the whatever amount of hours left over for the shop, it's like in my mind, it's, it's already um, like a handicapped amount of hours. It's already reduced because during work, it's stressful. Like I'm like constantly using my brain, like trying to figure out like the next technology plans for the Navy. And like it's like it's like it's always on these days. I, I, I didn't, Since teleworking happened, I mentioned this like it's just it's just been hectic, like nonstop work. We evidently we're more efficient than we've ever been. And that's great. Um, but what that means is once I'm done with work and I know I have to get something done in the shop because I have that schedule I have to live up to, I'm already like slower because of that. So on the days like today, like a Saturday or any weekend or a day off, I know I'm getting so much more done with the amount of time I have versus the amount of time I would after a day of work. So the day I get to go full time, I know I could knock stuff out if I like prep and plan. Like I know we could like it could it's going to be great and I can't wait to get there. Um, but it's exciting to see that, you know, even doing the stressful side hustle portion of it, you know, we're 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 I'm scaling up here and it's going to hopefully we keep hopefully I keep scaling up. Hopefully that <laughs> hopefully there's no dips next year, but we'll we'll, we'll see. Well, I bet by restricting resources like time, that actually makes you or forces you to become more efficient, right? So that you have to then figure like, all right, this is what I really need to do. And you can kind of like cut the waste out. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where you have to find a balance of you don't want to engorge yourself with too much time because then you're like, oh, I have time. I'll do it later. So, yeah, I think like, the side hustle helps you become efficient, helps you get like structured and organized so that when you make that switch, you have this rhythm and routine that you just work through. Yeah. And now you get all this extra time and you can bang out so much more, see the numbers you want to see and all that. But no, yeah. I, you're completely right. And, and and the day I long for and I'm, I'm curious to see what Winston thinks about this, because now he's got like his company shop space size, I guess. <laughs> so so I'm, you know. I'm kind of spoiled here because I used to complain about a, sh a small shop that was like half a garage and now we knocked out a bedroom and I'm, I'm still about to complain that it's not enough space. <laughs> but, um, you know, one of my orders and I last year we I talked about this, I think, with Winston. I said, I, I'm definitely not doing this again. Uh, somebody came and wanted like a five foot uh, cork dartboard by like 
four foot wide and it's just huge right so and it's a lot of work um but it, you know they they sign up for the right price so i was like all right yeah i'll do it um it got to the point where it was so big and then i had more cork dartboards and more orders that now that's on like my kitchen table inside the house because i just to get everything done and like work in parallel so it's now a still i'm at the point where it's like i need more space so so i'm curious with winston because you know you now you know, you went from where, and I don't know how much, I'm, I'm sure space is probably still an issue with like CNC wise, but you know, you went from your garage space and now you have like a whole company's like warehouse of like space and tools at your disposal. Like how, how, like, how did that change for you? Uh, it didn't change anything <laughs> because the shop space we have at work is, I mean, we've got the CNCs, but we don't have a lot of the other equipment. Like my thickness planer isn't there. My power tools aren't there. There are drills and drivers there, but there's not like palm sanders and stuff like that. There's a really old Bosch jigsaw that barely holds onto blades. Wow. Um, so right now I'm in the awkward position of there's so much more CNC capability at the shop, um, but there's like not all the other tools that I need to, to like fully complete a project. So um, right now I'm torn between do I bring some of my own tools to work? Do I tell the boss that he should buy more tools to make that space at work like a little more inviting for the projects that I want to do? Um, and if so, like maybe if the Carbide 3D shop becomes way better, do I then maybe say, all right, like I can downsize my shop and move closer to work? Um, so that actually spawned a whole a whole line of thinking. And mm -hmm. this is because on Thanksgiving, I was uh, driving to work to use their machines because I was doing a commission project. And I was like, hey, I, ha I, I really want to showcase the new machines we have. But the only place with those new machines <laughs> are work. So um, I, I wasn't really thrilled with it, but... Um, that was sort of the the compromise I had to come up with. Like I can do the glue ups and everything else in my garage, but if I want to use those CNC tools, I have to go into work. Mm. Um, so I don't know where we were going with the original question, but work hasn't really been the the liberating factor I thought it would be. Despite all the space, despite all the CNCs, I'm still torn. Like there's no perfect shop for me just yet. What does that perfect shop look like from like, I mean, that, that, that's just interesting to me because, you know, you're, you're like, so folk, you know, you're solely focused on CNC for me, like a shop for me, like I need as many tools as possible in my mind, like as much space as possible, as much tables as possible. But like from a, I guess more from a CNC perspective, is it like the same or what does your perfect shop look like? So the perfect shop for me, the quote unquote perfect shop, which doesn't exist um, is something that just makes it easier for me to um, process the materials I need to work through um, any setups or any uh, assembly processes. Uh, the biggest thing that uh, sort of pains me right now in the shop is that we don't have any organization. So if we were to get a 4x8 sheet of plywood, I'm sort of just throwing it against a wall. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately the only wall available to me is also the wall that our uh, electrical outlets are on so i've got four outlets total so two sets of two one of them is accessible 
The other one is behind where I store my plywood. Um, and so that's just, it's one small example or one four by eight giant <laughs> example of something that just, that interrupts my workflow, right? It reduces the number of things I can plug in um, and it just, it gets in the way of things. When you have a workspace that doesn't get in your way, that aids in your process of creation, that makes working so much more pleasant. Like if you could design a shop so that, like I know one of my buddies works in a in an aerospace shop and they recently moved to a new warehouse and my buddy Chris was tasked with uh, figuring out um, what the layout of the machines would be. Like where do you put the CNC milling machines? Where do you put the lathes? Um, and the way they design it is so that they have like a loading bay where like a truck can pull up and right by there, they put all their processing equipment. So like if you're going to have a table saw, put it right there. Uh, if you're going to need like to, to cut something down, put a bandsaw there. Um, so when everything comes through that door, if you need to cut it down smaller or prepare it for the milling machines, you can just prepare it cut it down, whatever, right there, and then move on to the next step. And it's a very linear um, process of just material goes in, material gets ready, material gets machined. That's the kind of thing that would really make my life a lot easier. I like that a lot. That's pretty cool. And, and I think it's pretty interesting because you mentioned that like for Thanksgiving, you had to go to the shop um, at work. I've always considered like... You know, I, I say like I want to eventually get a big shop somewhere um, so other people can come. But I also really like the fact that my garage is my shop and like I can just open my door and like hang out with my wife while I'm working. And like it's just like nice that it's at home and I know I'll miss that. So it's I think in my mind, like I want both and I'm just like selfish and just want everything in the world. <laughs> so I would. So I've been thinking about this a lot and my suggestion would be to um, draw a hard line in the sand of the types of work you want to do in one shop versus the other. Like, I'm okay with all the big CNC stuff being at Carbide, uh, because when I get there, like, if I'm doing this right, before I get to the shop, I'll have all my toolpads done, the fusion file is, like, as I like it, and so I get there, I load material, and I hit start, and it does its thing. Um... And then when I get home, the, like the problem traditionally with a home shop has been you never stop working, uh, right? You go in, you're like, oh, like I can do some work, blood or whatever. Like, oh, dinner time, I'll just hop in the house real quick, eat something, then go back out until like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. And it just, it never ends. Um, and as much as sometimes I want to do that, I think it would be good to be more deliberate with my time. Like when I when I invest in that 30 minute drive to Carbide 3D, I'm going to be machining for the next however many hours. When I get back, maybe I can still work a little bit, but I don't want it to be nearly as stressful. Mm -hmm. So like I would set up a home garage to be for like some of the, the smaller scale woodworking stuff. I'll, I'll keep a small CNC just because it's handy, but like maybe 3D printing, maybe a sewing station, maybe a yeah, soldering like station. A and so each of the shops, they complement each other. Uh, without you having to invest fully in making one shop like your little Tony Stark man cave. <laughs> um, but it also, you have to be deliberate and choose where you want to spend your time. And that'll help you to also step away from work when you're done. Hmm. 
No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, how, how about you, Luke? Like, what's what's your perfect shop look like? Because you're you're actually in the scenario that I was when I first bought my house, right? Like, you have too small of a space for mm-hmm. a shop. So, so what's I? Well, I guess I'm curious. So, like, both. Like, what's your shop going to look like in your house? Like, what are your plans for that? And then, you know, if what's your ultimate goal for a shop too? You know, what what does that look like? So, I I mean, I really like what Winston was saying a lot. Like, more thinking of it conceptually like it makes your process smoother and then um like within your mind you're not as stressed like oh i gotta move this or that like everything just kind of like flows together so totally agree with thinking about the shop space that way and it's funny that you bring this up because i've been thinking about this um on my walks with maui in the morning Uh, i was like man what should i do for the shop like 2021 i really want to get an organized shop a space where like I want to go in there. And um, it's funny, Winston's talking about material, like that takes up so much space in my shop. Like I need to figure out a good way to store that. So my idea was to almost have two halves because it it is a very small garage space. It's less than a single car garage. Um, The way that the people did it, they had a single car garage that was like three feet deeper. They cut it um, about a third or so of the way Um, of that space to make a laundry room and then like this storage space. So I'm within the storage space. And I was thinking like, I could almost have two halves that when I walk in, I'm kind of like in an alley. And then I could have U-shaped cutouts on either side that um, like these U-shaped tables. So I would have my tools up on the tables, maybe like a miter chop saw station on one side. And then the other side would be more assembly hand tools things like that. Um, I've been looking at certain types of workbenches um, since everybody has, you know, the best or the ultimate workbench out there <laughs> and like trying to figure out, oh, okay, for my assembly table, maybe I have, you know, all of those uh, one inch holes, like a four center bit one inch hole drilled out in a grid so I can pop you know, clamps and everything through there and hold things down. Um, so I've been trying to think like very detailed about what my shop at my house would look like because at least in the next say two years um i don't see myself renting out any space or adding an addition or anything onto the house to make my space at home bigger um but like you george i do project into the future of having this maker space area where i'm assuming it would be rented out and um, it would be like a larger shop and similar to what Winston's saying, like there is where, you know, welding and CNCs and yeah. all the heavy machinery would be. So I know, okay, you know, Saturday and Sunday prep, get everything ready. So when I get there, you know, this is what I will be doing with the machines there. But there's no way that I'm ever going to have <laughs> that type of machinery at home. Um, it's just, it doesn't seem practical from even a power standpoint let alone a um, size and like where you put it within your house. But to try to answer your question, I think it's going to be that like U-shape table is going to be my like ideal workstation and um, having the garage door open is key so that I always do have extra space. Hmm. I, I think that's a weird benefit that if I had shop space, I would almost always be needing a larger room and by having a bay door, something like that, that gives you that like infinite idea of just like the Glow Forge pass-through slot. 
You have your bay doors, your Glowforge paths through slot. I can have a long piece of wood, stick it out that side, still chop it down. So being able to work outside helps. And you can put most of your stuff on like, because I've thought of that also, uh, obviously with, you know, the bay door in the garage, like having all a lot of your tools on like wheels and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and that way you can like, push them all together off to the side and like not efficient at all for being used, but at least you'll have space when you need it and then you can pull them back out. Cause that, that's where I'm at now with like, um, you know, those flip tool stands. I've, I've been saying this forever that I just have to actually make one, um, at, or make a whole bunch of them. Cause, cause that'll, I think that'll just drive up efficiency, um, like crazy. But I, when you were talking about the, um, the shop space, the future shop space that, you know, we'll co-own or, or rent, co-rent out. You know, I was just thinking we, we got to have ourselves like a little um, little pup play area for our pups to chill yeah. out there in the corners. Then, mm-hmm. And then the, we got the perfect shop right there. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> got to have like little trees or something for them to want to pee on and whatever. <laughs> like we'll have this it. whole little, yeah, I'm, th- I'm already thinking because that's, that's Maui's go-to. It's like he needs something to mark his territory. To mark his territory. <laughs> um, but yeah, we could have all the cool toys and whatnot. All the pups would want to come play. Absolutely love it. I love <laughs> um, it. <laughs> but but yeah, it's really been something I've been thinking a lot about is like how to organize or lay out the shop. And I haven't found too much stuff um, on Pinterest or YouTube where it's like more of a floor plan. Some people mm-hmm. have that kind of stuff, but it's so specific to, you know, like, oh, you have to have a 12 by 12 space or, or whatever it is. Um, and I almost feel like it should be more of what Winston was saying, like, if you have a sewing, soldering, welding, whatever stations, like here's a general idea, like have it flow in a certain direction of processing it, working it down. Material storage should always be, I would almost argue like how Winston said in the beginning or away from you so that you have space to work on the one project. For me, it's like, it's kind of all around me. There's not like one spot just because of the different size of Mm -hmm. things. And so I feel like that's something that I kind of want to tackle over winter break is, you know, trying to think through what's a general way to look at how to organize shop space. I got to do my research because I'm sure people have done stuff out there already and try to build from what they have. But I, I know that's something that with my space at home, I want to make sure I optimize it. But, you know, eventually having a maker space, you got to do the same thing over again, just in a larger area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know people have done it, especially in maker spaces and in larger warehouses. So, and I can't think of what it's called. It's like Lean Six Sigma or something yep, to yep. that extent, right? Where there's a way to have everything set up so that you are not making unnecessary movements. And I, I really want to push myself to get to that point just so that it is like this fun experience of going out there. There mm-hmm. isn't built in frustrations. Um, so, yeah like engineering your workspace is what I really want to do. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I, I get to the point where, cause you, you know, we're talking about like lumber storage a lot. And to me, that's also like the biggest pain. And like, I, I'm really happy with the idea with like the, the Maslow, I have all the plywood sheets can sit on the back of that, but it's still kind of a pain. And I would still like to just push a whole CNC against the wall. And I've always thought like it'd be, I would love to have like a woodshed just for the lumber. So as if I had my own like little like Home Depot store at home where I can just go and take the piece of wood I want for whatever project. And then it's like completely out of the way. 
um in my mind like i've, I've always considered like oh if let me like figure out a way to make that happen because you can just save up because i hate throwing away scraps i think like you can mm-hmm. find use for scraps in like so many different ways except for some some are, some are you know some are good for burning like i've heard some makers out there that like throw away every single piece of scrap they've ever had and i'm like ah, that's just like especially nowadays like wood prices have like jumped up like three times what they used to be so so that that's um so that's an interesting one to me i, I it's always exciting to to have these conversations now and and think about you know we can kind of revisit like a year down the road and like see where we're all at and and like which of these things we've actually been able to you know design into our shop and stuff like that i'm pretty excited to see that well, i had i had news for you guys actually so so i, I I've I've taken another plunge. So one plunge this year was getting the Glowforge, right? And that was that was more expensive than this plunge, but but I just got myself um, a jet bandsaw because on Black Friday it was two hundred fifty bucks off, and I'm like, all right, like I knew I wanted a, a, a better bandsaw, and I knew that the price was like way too much, but two hundred fifty bucks off, I was like, all right, I don't think I'm gonna see that again. So now so now I gotta find more space for that and have that to be a dedicated space because there's like there's just so much you can do. With a bandsaw, like I, honestly, watching Jimmy Duresta, like he's like so inspiring with that. And then I've got that tree in the backyard that I've been cutting up, and this thing has like 14 inch resaw uh, capacity, so that's like insane. So, so I'm hoping that I'll be able to use a lot of the nicer wood I've been cutting up a lot easier because that's been kind of a pain in the butt to be honest. So, so that's that's gonna be coming to the shop soon. It's, it should be delivered in about two weeks. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> intimidated. <laughs> it's gonna be big i think i don't know i'm pretty i'm I'm a little afraid i'm not gonna lie i don't know are you gonna put that on wheels because isn't that gonna be pretty heavy yeah Yeah. i already got the um i already you can buy a specific um like metal um carrier on wheels for it so that i definitely on wheels (laughs) i don't know also trend it'd be like deadlifting oh my god (laughs) yeah Yeah, so that's coming nice that's awesome man yeah. Well, congrats, yeah, and smart move of putting it on wheels so that you are able to keep up your modular shop. Well, now yeah. whenever you guys come and visit, we can we can throw that into some of the fun projects we'll end up putting together. Now we got a bandsaw to, to mess around yeah. with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so much for me wanting to get one of those $100 when bandsaws and be like, sweet, I got a bandsaw. <laughs> Never mind. George has a jet, so <laughs> I was I was gonna get I was, uh, the winds are good. You know, the winds are actually pretty decent. I just got a I think a wind drill press because I, I just needed something um, entry level for that. But um, you know, a buddy gave me um, Carl Carl Flores actually gave me um, a bandsaw that was like it pretty much broke after like three uses, but it was enough to let me know that like I could use it for um, different things I wanted, mainly. Um, again, kind of business-wise, um, uh, I'm making for Christmas. I'm making a rocking horse for one of my nieces. I mentioned that, um, and this would be sick for um, if I make uh, a cutout and a cutout with maybe the Maslow, and then I use this to just wrap and make a whole bunch of them with the bandsaw or something like that. I don't know. I, I figured that'd be fun to try it out um, and, and see if that's faster. Cause, cause the Maslow is going to take a while to cut this out. It's probably about three, three hours. And I don't even know if that's like overshooting all the speeds yet. Um, I haven't done it yet. So if that's like too much or too long and maybe 
maybe a whole bunch of orders come through. I think the bandsaw could maybe be a little bit faster. We'll, we'll find out. But then it's hands on. A lot of thoughts in my mind with it. We're going to, we'll see soon what comes from the bandsaw. <laughs> I think the power move there is to get some half inch plywood, cut out a template, tape that template to a good piece of wood. Uh, rough it out on the bandsaw exactly. and then flush trim with a router. On the router table yeah that should be the fastest right that's i was thinking the same thing winston and um i think that'd be the fastest way to do it we'll find out maybe i'll erase my cnc for a fun video we'll, we'll see how <laughs> yeah, true. to lose all my power in my house once i run the cnc the bandsaw the router it's all, just short everything it's gonna be great <laughs> Yeah, just black out the house. All right, Michelle, sorry. We're, we can't use anything in here. Don't even charge your phone. Just all done. Yeah. Nice. So um, I, I wanted to ask you guys, um, because I was recently asked this. Um, uh, I was recently, uh, the Maker Made CNC, the Maslow, um, they're actually doing their own podcast. Um, I think it's called uh, Wake and Make. Wake and Make, yeah. Um, that And so... I'm gonna. Um, I'm actually gonna be featured as one of their podcast people, which is like awesome. I'm like, I was like so excited to do it, and they asked me a question on it that like threw me for a loop, um, and it was, "What is your proudest project?" And um, you know, I got completely tongue tied, and I still kind of am to this day. But but I wanted to ask you guys, like, what what has your proudest project either been or that you know you're building up to that's gonna be your proudest work? That you're like currently working on or something um do you want me to tackle that first winston yes <laughs> okay please do <laughs> so um when you suggested this george i did have to think about it because i had a gut reaction which was my dining room table it was the second thing i ever made and like the first real thing i think i made under capriti creations is a big bulky dining room table with um real walnut as the top and then dumpster dived uh, wood as the base. And that, as weird as that sounds, I was so proud that I was able to keep like the price of it reasonable for, I think it's a 10 seater or possibly 12 seater table. It's enormous. And um, it was, it fit our dining room like perfectly and all that. I was super proud of it because I went from a paper towel holder to a huge dining room table. So like, I don't know, it made me feel like, yeah, I can make things. This is awesome. But since then, since I like learned some things, I look at it, I'm like, oh, I could have done this better or right, like I've, I've just I've become better. I've educated myself on some things and uh, two things that I'm proud of that are a little more recent um, is the kitchen sink. Again, not the coolest project by any means, but to be able to use that every single day and going kind of along with our workshop the flow of our kitchen now is just so much smoother we have more like counter space i would argue as well as again just like a better organization or setup within there so a kitchen sink would probably be my most recent proud project um, and something that i stand by because i never really did renovations before either so again it's like that whole idea of trying something new or like stepping out really out of my wheelhouse and saying like i'm sure i can figure it out i just i have to have the project in front of me to try it so yeah the dining room table that was like my first try at something like that um the most recent time doing that is the sink and then this one time uh it was actually about a year and a half ago i have a good friend who's a good skateboarder 
Um, and he just bought his first house. And so I wanted to get him something nice. And so did his brother. So his brother was like, look, you got to make him something. Like, I have a couple ideas. And he said, somehow put a skateboard on a coffee table. I was like, okay, um, let me see if I could think about that. And so I drew out about five or six ideas. He agreed on like this one that looked like a quarter pipe. And so I never used any sort of like bent wood or anything like that. And I was able to make something that I know he really liked, his brother really liked. And I, again, was proud that I tried something new outside of my wheelhouse um, and kind of just like went for it. So like, I know it's not one project, but it's that idea of any project where I've tried something that I don't know how to do, I feel proud of, like looking back at it. Um, but yeah. So what about you, Winston? That that totally makes sense um, because some of the projects that I've been most fond of are ones that take me way outside my comfort zone or well actually for every project I try and have some aspect of it be new um, because if it was exactly like an old project then it just wouldn't be nearly as fun um, so I mean the, the most memorable project for me has always been the knife project that I did um, where I had to learn how to machine steel learn how to heat treat steel uh, learn how to work with the the different materials they use for handles, like uh, G10 fiberglass or like carbon fiber or micarta or something like that. And so going through that process um, was really, it forced me to learn so many things. And that's why I look back on it fondly, even though it brought me so much anxiety um, when I was actually doing it. Um, I don't know if that counts as a, like, the project I'm most proud of, um, at least in recent memory. Um, I think from a like a, a workflow perspective, something that wasn't nearly as stressful that like once you're over it, you just you you think, oh, that was that wasn't that bad. Uh, that, that was great. Maybe I'll do it again. Um, but actually just like a genuinely enjoyable process from start to finish was probably uh, working on the Nomad CNC. Uh, so when my boss uh rob he's like sort of our the the gatekeeper <laughs> of nomad and the the father of nomad uh, he does all of our mechanical design for the platform um he uh has to switch gears sometimes between design between making uh machining programs and uh programming um so he finished the mechanical structure of the nomad back in like march and then he had to go do some coding. And he was like, hey, here's the the model for the Nomad, the skeleton. Go make the enclosure for it. Um, so everything you see visually on the outside um, was something that I made. And going through that process and working through, hey, this is, um, I want to implement these changes to the Nomad, but I also want to bring some legacy elements back, the, the overall shape, um, and balancing those with, like engineering in some features was a fun project but also rewarding because now this thing is in production people are getting their machines and you see your own work that other people are using like out in the wild and that is it's it's gratifying to see people receiving the machine so well and liking it and using it and making awesome stuff with it and so then you kind of have like a legacy, right, of you see your own creation out there. Um, and that process, I, I think, is the most rewarding of all. 
um, to, to make something that other people find useful. Um, because then, like, if, if you make something cool, you give it to someone or it sits on a, a shelf somewhere as a display piece, um, people aren't... Um, they look at it, they think, oh, that's that's nice, but they're not engaging with it every day. It's not improving their lives every day. So something that people can use, something that's practical, something that has a lasting effect, I think that is uh, the coolest uh, legacy a, a creation could have. I love it. Um, absolutely love it. And, and so you guys got me thinking probably more than I did when they asked me that question because my answer has definitely changed already. <laughs> so um, the I think what it seems, you know, the what's kind of residing with both of your answers, and I, I think it kind of leads to mine, um, is like you know, Luke, it's and your both of yours, I guess, is you know, everyday use and you know, making something actually useful that um, you know you get more connected with, as well as you know, learning new skills to achieve kind of a new goal to, to get to that type of project. So um, for me, I've, I think I have two answers like Luke, I'll cheat. Uh, so <laughs> so um, one was the uh, 3D printed mask that me and my wife did uh, when COVID hit because one, it was cool because it was one that like my wife and I both did like really equally. Like we both had a lot of different jobs for it. Um, and it required a lot of research up front. So like we looked into how to, um, get like, cause that, that was at the stage where it wasn't just any mask you could wear. You had to wear like N95 or like, don't go outside or anything like that. And we were able to find, you know, you know, filters, um, that you use in your like household, like appliances, like your air conditioning or your heat, um, that, um, met like very close percentages of reducing, uh, the amount of um, uh, virus particles, right, that, that can go through. Um, and and so that was a lot of fun. And we, we were able to make up to like 200 masks. And, you know, they weren't, they definitely weren't the prettiest. They're, and like, it's funny, because like every type of product I go through, I, I think I of like, now how I could have approved it like back then. And I guess you always think of that. Um, but, you know, the number one comment we got from most people was that it was like, so breathable that like, it was like perfect for a lot of people that like went to work. And, it you know, Knock on wood, nobody uh, that wore it got COVID that I've heard from. So that, that's that's awesome. Um, and and so that's one of them because I really miss, um, and I, re I really want to do this more. I really miss getting more um, engineering and more skill sets uh, into my projects. Like you went and make, making a knife, like I want to do metalwork so bad and I just haven't taken the plunge Um and I think what I'm gonna have to do is like just shut down the shop for like two or three months and like just like go at it and because there's gonna be a lot of mistakes uh, and I gotta figure out what I want my first thing to be. Um, honestly, I think I kind of want to like do kind of probably sounds stupid, but I, I want to do like letter openers because I, I I've always liked um, letter openers. I think it's different enough and I think it'd be cool because you do like an epoxy handle or something like that. So so maybe I'll like make that like a goal for next year that. My first, and it's the easier metal working product too, right? It's just a lot smaller and I could probably do it with a CNC without, well, now I got to think through it a lot. <laughs> um, so, so I want to do more engineering projects and then the second project and, and with all my projects, like anything that, um, I get to give to a friend or family member that I, you know, they use every day, like you're saying. So, um, 
this rocking horse I'm making is going to be a family heirloom that they're going to be passing on. And I think that's like the coolest thing ever. Like when I'm older, it'll be like Uncle George that made that rocking horse. And to me, that's like, I'm like, I spent like, I think six hours designing it in Fusion just to make sure. Um, well, one, it's so that's a really good horse. Two, it's so that um, I'll probably end up selling the file because it took me so long. But, you know, other people who who take it and, and do it can just click go and have like the same effect because they're essentially you know even though they didn't design it they're going to build it with their cnc as well um so so i think that's my my, my two answers and and i you know i think it's nice how hard it is for us to figure out what our proudest projects are because we i think we put so much into each thing we do that like there there's a bit of like pride in each one and we keep trying to get better and better um, you know, everything we just mentioned has been like pretty recent, I think, right? It's not like as much of our first project, like my first project I remember was my, um, the bookshelf I made for my sister. And I'm pretty sure that thing is like warped like a, a ton since I had to use a jigsaw to cut all the wood because I had no other tools back then. Uh, I still remember it. <laughs> I gotta go. F I, I had a video for that. Like I made on Facebook. I think I gotta go find that just to give myself some memories. But, um, but yeah, that, that, I think, I think it's cool to, to, to kind of reflect on that kind of stuff and, and what our proudest proudest moments are with our projects. Definitely. Yeah. Go ahead, Winston. So here's a, a counterpoint. Do you have a project that you really <laughs> aren't proud of, yeah. but you could probably stand to be more proud of? So I'll give an example. I recently got a commission for a, a custom box. And um, it was a friend of a friend. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take it on, even though my shop is closed. Um, and we ended up des uh, deciding on a design that was a little unconventional, required some some weird joinery with uh, like epoxy and stuff. And because of all these technical challenges, because I was trying to create something to their vision, um, it, it wasn't flawless, right? So when I think, oh, like woodworking box, I think like fine, wo fine woodworking, like all the joints, like the, the miter joints are like perfectly seamless, like the finish is like flawless glossy smooth and everything and coming from my background of like cnc'ing and like not having all those manual processes the glue ups perfect and like clamps to hold these weird shapes in place it wasn't seamless it wasn't flawless and all of those little errors bug the heck out of me um and yet the project was super well received and like, I just, it's hard for me to not think about, like, oh, I could have done all these things better. But in the end, you got to stop back and think, the client's happy. It, you, you completed it without any failures. You delivered it on time. Can you just let yourself relax and enjoy <laughs> the fact that you, you succeeded? Luke, I'll let you go first. If you, if you oh, okay, I can think about this. I'm literally scrolling through my Instagram feed to try to prepare. Are you just going through being like, oh, yeah, I was doing this the project, same I did thing, that and I'm like, There's exactly a lot. that. I'm like, Oof, maybe that one. Wait, maybe that one. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of like which would be the worst one. Um, so the two that I'm thinking about are um, my friends. So a different friend's coffee table. It seems like everybody must drink a lot of coffee or something. <laughs> they need a table for it, right? Bad joke there. Anyway, um, <laughs> so he wanted something that had his what is it, his last name initial, um, like somehow incorporated in there because he had just proposed, I think at the time, to his now wife. 
Um, so it was like this idea they were moving in together. They wanted a, or needed a piece of furniture to kind of like fit the void between their couch and entertainment system. Um, so he was like, you know, I don't care. Like, just make something that you think is nice. And that's awesome to have that design freedom. But it's, for me, very difficult when, you know, now it's, I'm fitting this object to go into your room and you're not telling me really anything about what your interests are. So I ended up coming with coming up with a circular tabletop and a circular base, um, which was something where I was like, oh, that shouldn't be too hard to make a circle. Like I can do that. And um, I wanted to try to push myself and do different joinery. So I think it's called a castle joint. It's where you have like the four, um, what would you call them? Like four posts that come out of a piece of wood. And then you have oh, yeah. one piece crossover and the other one. It's a really cool you piece did that? of joinery. I, 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 I did it. Do, that's awesome. <laughs> but but this is where I'm not proud of it. It took me two times, and the second time still wasn't good. But I was so frustrated from doing it two times through that I was like, eh, it's good enough. I'm just going <laughs> to deal with it. Like It works. It's just not to the level that I would have wanted it to be at. Yeah. And so like looking back at the picture that I put on Instagram and how much like they loved it, um, it's it's that idea that Winston's saying it's like, well, I guess I should be proud of it, but there's something about it that like still bugs me, and it's hard to get over that. I guess you know it's like, oh well, shouldn't I be able to just feel like the whole point was for them to be happy, not for you? <laughs> but yeah, there's just something about it where it's like now I feel I need to go back and perfect that joinery so that I know that I could have done it better. Um, and then going along like that same idea. Uh, the dining room table that we now have in our dining room, um, I really like the design of it. Like in my head, it was exactly what I wanted. Um, I was able to execute that part of it. But um, the color, like staining and everything, um, I just couldn't hit it. Like I, I did test pieces and all of that. And I got to this frustration level where I was like, you know what? It's good enough. You know, Adrian likes it. She thinks it's okay. Um, my parents or whoever like saw it. They're like, oh, what are you talking about? It looks perfect. It matches. And I'm just like in the back of my mind, every time I look at the leg color, I'm just like, that is disgusting. I, I need to sand that down and start over. Um, so it's funny that like it's well received um, and we eat on it very, you know, pretty often, not every night for dinner, but fairly often. So I get use out of it. But it always is like kind of just like sitting there staring at me like, look, <laughs> I'm still not the right color. I'm like, oh, whatever, man. I'll get to it one day. <laughs> so those are, again, I can't pick which one, but two instances, I think I understand Winston's question there. Um, what about you, George? Oh, man. <laughs> this. So I learned a long time ago that if I had to stop telling people what I hate about my work because nobody ever saw like all them. I, I see imperfections in every single thing I do. And I used to tell people everything. I'm like, wait, but like, they're like, oh, wow, it's great. I'm like, yeah, but you don't even see it. And like, like I would like talk down my pieces and it'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I love it. Um, so I, I, I learned to just keep that kind of stuff to myself. But um, I think one for me would be, it's not something I gave to somebody. Cause, cause normally what, I, this, this is another, like, kind of like what you're doing, Luke, with um, the castle joint, I guess. 
normally when I make something for somebody, I end up hating a lot about it and I'll just like restart it a lot. Like it'll take, you know, like the, the wine barrel coffee table I did, um, you know, I made a tabletop for it, um, out of like two by sixes and I hated the wood I chose. So I just restarted it, even though it took me like two days, it was like finished and I took it apart and took it to the backyard and threw it and like, like burned it cause I hated it and like completely restarted it cause I like, I went insane and I try to get to the point where like the amount of the amount that I hate it is as small as possible, I guess. Um, so, <laughs> but, but to answer your question, I guess the, the one thing I would love to go back and redo is the American uh, flag. Um, they, used to, they call it like the presidential desk um, that I made for a competition. It, it wasn't for anybody. It was for myself. Um, and it was the first desk or large furniture piece I made when I first got started. So I didn't have like a, um, I didn't have a straight table saw at that point. It, it was like a Harbor Freight one that was, it made more work for me than I even realized at the time. Um, didn't have the glow forge for like the stars on top and never did drawers before. Um, and you know, the first time you ever do drawer any drawers that, you know, that's going to like it getting it right is a pain in the butt, right? Because if it's any amount off and one of the drawers still doesn't open unless you have the top one open first. And like, I'm just like, well, it's my desk, so I don't care. Like, I know how to open it. It's going to be fine. Um, so so that's one for me that I use it every day for work. And in my mind, it's like, oh man, like this part's like the smallest piece off. And, you know, I built it wrong because I, I assembled the frame first without the top. And like, I didn't build it to, you know, like I didn't like change all the dimensions based off the table. There's just so much wrong with it. Um, and it's okay because it's mine and that's fine. But it's that type of stuff that I think makes us better because that's always in the back of my head of like, all right, I did the, the thing I did wrong with that wasn't necessarily anything wrong with how I build stuff. It was just the process of doing it because I followed my dimensions and it was as if I took two completely different things I was building and tried to merge them together versus making either the top or bottom and then adjusting, remeasuring, adjusting the, the plans and redoing it at that point. So, so that, that's my answer, I, I guess. It's just, I, I ha everything I've made, I, I'm constantly thinking, man, that, that, that's not right. Like I have my, I have my um, TV stand in our family room that we look at every day and every day I'm like, Oh man, like that's not like, that's a little bit off. And like, it's like in my head, I'm like, all right, there's no, we're done. There's so much. It's nobody cares. Just watch nobody TV. knows. Just, just, just watch TV. TV. Don't look at this. <laughs> Yeah. go crazy in my head with all these voices <laughs> it is funny though yeah like listening to you george because i'm i just had scrolled and you know how like you have the scroll inertia or whatever it landed on my desk that we work at every single day so we had bought some like knickknacky stuff to put on top of there to i don't know make it look nice or whatever and we purposefully put it over a spot that i told adrian i wanted to cut out and redo because these like the screws they were three quarter inches long and i was using a bracket that was like one sixteenth or something thick at least one sixteenth thick so i was like okay i'm going into three quarter mdf it's one sixteenth like it'll be close but it'll be fine and they made these little like nipples or bumps or whatever you want to call them yeah, and yeah. i think i've told you guys about it but i see it every day and like that's where i do all my work like one day i have to finish it <laughs> But I have to look back and be like, I have to be proud of this because I did this desk in such a short period of time, at least for me, like relatively speaking. 
and um, we get so much use out of it. It has totally improved our efficiency. Like we have a space for our work. So it is that whole practice of, mm -hmm. yes, as an engineer, I want to look at things and say, that could be improved. This is how to improve it. But like sometimes we have to give ourselves like that. I think the word's grace where yeah. it's like, all right, you know, that was when you didn't know how to do this or you didn't realize that, you know, three quarter inch screws and three quarter inch material don't really mesh well together, go a little shorter, right? We learn all those lessons from it and we still like we accomplished the task. The next time we do it, we know it's going to be 99% perfect instead of 95% or whatever number you want to give yourself. So yeah, um, I like the question that you asked though, Winston. <laughs> yeah, I think a that's one. a good one. Like to get us annoyed, <laughs> but I, then to be like, oh wait, it's not that bad. <laughs> like I'm, I'm hearing all these responses, and my thought is just, but we learn yeah. so much from these, and it motivates us so much more to do even better. So I think there's always like a positive takeaway to it. And then also, Luke, I want to circle back because you mentioned about that coffee table, and when your friend slash client said oh, make whatever you want, I would charge double. Because when people don't oh, down me. the problem, when they don't give you a starting point, it is the worst. Yeah, I 100% agree. And yeah, it's one of those where that is a learning, like a, a lesson learned for sure, right there. Like what you're saying, Winston, is never accept that type of um, project. As, as like a blank, a blank slate. slate. Terrible. Yes, because you have way too many directions to go that... You could be right in 5,000 different ways, but you could be wrong in 5,000 different ways. And mm -hmm. that stress of wanting to make what they want without them knowing what they want is just, it can be very stressful if you try to try to accomplish it. So yeah, I think I've learned now more like as a maker for other people that I have better questions to ask them to help guide them into you know what they want so yeah that that besides how to make something is like what to make maybe is like the question there um learning those skills of like how to ask them questions and define the problem that can probably be arguably more important than how to actually do it yeah yeah, yeah. i have gotten into the habit of just asking for a back of the envelope sketch mm -hmm. like it doesn't need to be perfect but at least I can see some of the ideas there, like, oh, I want this box to have like this proportion or this design. And then I can work backwards and sort of engineer it and be like combining the art and the engineering side, like we'll take this idea, but I cannot see and see <laughs> that. That is like either too complex or you're asking for like impossible geometry. How do we distill that into a simpler idea that is manufacturable that I can actually make that I won't hate myself for taking on. Um, but yeah, having having a starting point for an idea is so much better than just, oh, make, make a box and them not telling you what kind of box. Yeah, oh my gosh. Because again, you can just go so many places and for you being creative, that's the, that's the problem, right? In quotes yeah. there. <clears throat> so the, the complication here, this is um, why I was pouring... Um, aluminum honeycomb and epoxy um was because the the guy's an engineer he likes hexagons mm. uh, there's sort of like a theme in his house and so i was thinking like um the initial uh design concept was like 
oh, put like a engrave like a hexagon pattern in the side of a wooden box. And I was like, I could do that. That's not very cool, though. Like, how can I like put a little twist on it, change the technique, um, do something interesting mm-hmm. with the materials? And so I was like, oh, this guy's also an aerospace engineer, like aluminum honeycomb. It's a lightweight material that he might actually work with. And so I was like, let me figure out how to embed that into the project. Oh, yeah. But it started with the sketch of seeing the hexagon pattern that um, her uh, significant other like sketched out. I was like, oh, like I can, I don't really want to do specifically what it was as drawn, but there's an element of, of the design there that I could bring and put my own twist on and actually be happy with. And you probably impressed them where they're like, I couldn't even have imagined (laughs) that. Like you leveled up what I wanted. So now I'm even happier, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's better when you transform an idea and, and there's like a little bit of your, your signature touch in it. Like, right. You, you either. So I don't know if I'm known for anything in particular other than my stupid apple inspired cheese grater. Um, (laughs) But I like to play and combine materials into a design in unique ways. Um, so I'm not really content with just like, oh, here's a box. Here's just wood mitered corners, glue them together. Here's a box. Like I want to to change things up a little bit. So a design element where you've got um, like composite materials, epoxy, aluminum, combining them with the box in, in a strange new way. That's where I have the most fun. Um, but I don't know if it's all that evident right um people when they see one of my project videos they're like oh that's a winston project i i still don't know what actually makes Mm. that something of my creation but it's it's just fun to invest yourself into a project into a design in a way that you really enjoy i think yeah for sure completely so uh we're, we're coming up on an hour here and i know we got busy holiday schedules going on, so so maybe we'll wrap it up for today. And and um, our plan is hopefully we'll do one more before the Christmas break we got going on. Yeah, throw it in your eye yeah, count. Sounds now. good. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we can't forget. Yeah. <laughs> well, good talking to you guys as always, and we'll catch up soon. All right. Yep. All right. Sounds good. Take care, buddies. See you later.